Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of Weaver State Weekly Softball Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we've got Jessica Euler returning fresh off of a graduation ceremony. Jessica, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I had a fun day of graduation on Friday. Mm. Slipped over to the softball game in between. Nice. And then, you know, back there Saturday. So good weekend overall. Yeah, very good weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think I love graduation day on campus because like it reminds everybody why we're doing the thing, right? It's like, yeah. it all leads to this, right? So graduation day is just, I don't know, it's just so great seeing people work so hard and be able to walk across the stage and be handed that, you know, even though there's no, uh, spoiler alert, guys, there's no degree when they hand you the little thing. There's <laughs> nothing in there. They mail it to you later. Anyway, so now you guys know, secrets out. But uh, I, I just love favorite day of a year and i love families being there today yeah. we're like everybody get your grades in because tomorrow we start processing it's just such a fun fun time i love this whole time yeah also speaking of schoolwork, we've got the signpost own simon mortensen simon got raising raising the jersey hey i saw rsl's coming to nashville i might have to go check that out not a big soccer Ooh. fan but you know i gotta say what's up but uh you made it through finals week man I did, but apparently I, uh, I have to register for summer classes. And yeah. Jessica got me nervous for that now. So, yeah, I just keep going through the rain. <laughs> yes, sir. Right? Get it yeah, done. After the podcast today, Simon's registering for summer, y'all. Brooke already did it. She's on top of it. Simon is working on it. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think I only, the only time I, I only went, I only didn't go in the summer one one year i always went summer so it's totally fun that's that's when you get to have some fun that's when the good mm -hmm. classes are well folks let's talk a little bit about the bemo show tonight we've got uh like we noted we've got uh, a player interview for you we've got senior utility infielder brooke moiai uh she's on the show tonight to talk to us a little bit about uh she she's got an interesting career interesting stories to tell us tonight so we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, then we're going to be doing the weekend review. We'll talk a little bit about that series against Sac State, which culminated in a Wildcat regular season championship. I mean, guys, wildest dreams. I don't think anybody expected the Wildcats, especially to hold, I mean, we'll talk about this, but to hold the Sac State Hornets, we talked about that offense, four runs, one inning. That's all they scored all weekend. Dynamite. And then, uh, and then we're going to be playing a game. We're going to be playing over-under. And so uh, I've got some stats prepared for our panel here. We'll see if they're uh, risk-averse or if they're willing to take a chance. We'll see if they'll take the over or the under. But before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all great places to get Weber State Weekly in your ears. Uh, we're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Been doing some stuff with Instagram lately where we... Oh, and I also added TikTok as well. Where we, you know, we're, we've been trying to like do newsreels lately. So it had a couple of a uh, couple of things have happened. So if you want to check out some of the just kind of like little news bites, go check us out on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, we're putting that news out there. I got another one. Uh, a guy committed to Weaver State this afternoon, so I need to make the reel for that. But um, follow us over there if you want to stay up to date on just little little news snippets from Weaver State Weekly. And then of course we've got the website. You go to WeaverStateWeekly.com. There's a there's some content there you can check it out um, as as we wind down the season here with softball I imagine we'll be trying to do some more interesting stuff over there uh, while we wait through the summer and uh, produce some content maybe some best of that kind of stuff over there so check out the website WeaverStateWeekly.com and then Patreon of course Patreon.com/WeaverStateWeekly appreciate our patron supporters and I also want to shout out a, a, a supporter of ours Studio Nine Eight. 
They make really cool rings that aren't super lame and boring. Local jeweler, former Wildcat. I guess he's still a Wildcat. You, If you ask him, he'll tell you he bleeds purple, man. So check out their website, studio98.com. That's studio N-I-N-E and the number 8.com. They got a lot of really interesting rings that they make out of exotic woods. I got the Flying W ring. It's on my finger. Uh, email them about that. I bet you they'll make you one. So thanks, Studio 98, for supporting Weber State Weekly. So all right, now. Now it's time for the BMO show. Brooke Moyai, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Um, you had Senior Day on Saturday. Uh, got to got to celebrate that. Uh, I read your uh, every all the seniors. They all got uh, individual write ups, and I read yours. Really appreciated kind of going through that and reading the stories. Shout out to the uh, the Weber State softball uh, SID, the squad up there taking taking care of us who want to know more about the players. So, Brooke, um, talk to us a little bit about, I just kind of want to maybe start out, like, your feelings on Senior Day. How are you feeling out there on, on Saturday? Um, I felt so happy. Uh, yeah. We have such a good environment here at Weaver State. Um, I tried not to get emotional, but I ended up not getting emotional, which was good, because I'm the biggest crybaby ever. But <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. It's kind of weird, like, being... Um, the center of attention, even though I'm like the heart you say, (laughs) when it's really like on me, I get really weirded, but I loved it. It was fun. That's great. So Brooke, uh, I know you're kind of at the end of your Weber state career here. Like we said, you're a senior now, this is your, your final season in a wildcat uniform, but I wanted to kind of go back to the beginning because as I read through your bio to kind of prepare for this interview, I was kind of surprised at some of the interesting and cool things that you did back in high school. Things like playing for the Mexico um, Junior Nash, National Junior. How did I write it down in here? Um, yeah, Mex- Mexico National Juniors team. You got to play against Japan. Um, you got to play for uh, a, a USA team. You were, you were just like all kinds of like interesting international competition about you. And so talk to us about how like, how did you get involved in some of that stuff? And like, what was the connection? How, did, how, did, how does a player like you come to, come to do some of that stuff? Um, they were just hosting tryouts. Uh, well, my head coach told me about it on our, uh, on my club team and, uh, I got to go try out. There was a ton of girls there at the Mexico tryout. Um, but it was for the junior team and I was 17 at the time. So a lot of us went to go try out and then I made it and yeah, it was, it was a three day tryout. So it was cool. And then the same, the same weekend with that we tried out, we got to play Japan that same weekend. So, yeah. I mean, that sounds intense, you know, like yeah. that's right. Three day tryout. It's like, Hey, it's not like a, Hey, show up for two hours and throw the ball and we'll see if we think. No. You're good. Like, yeah. no, they're going to make you do a bunch of stuff. You're going to be here for a couple of days. You know, we're going to play the Japanese team while you're here. Like this is yeah. serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they and after the first day, they're already cutting people. So yeah. if you didn't hear your name called, it was kind of like a blow to the heart a little. Sure. And yeah, I felt bad because after they were calling your name, um, the rest of the girls like had to talk with the other coaches because if your name was called, you were there. You're going the next day. Mm-hmm. So then I heard my name called. You know, I kind of celebrated in my head because my other teammates that were there, they they weren't called yet. So then I kind of had to, you know, walk over, but it was a lot of fun. I got to meet other girls from Mexico too. So that was, that was fun. That was great. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Simon or Jessica, questions here for BMO Brooke Moyai? Yeah, I was just going to say, so you were a two-time league MVP, four-time first uh, team recognition. What is it? How did Weber State recruit you? What made you finally commit to Weber State? Tell us a little bit about that story. Um, it was my junior year, and I didn't even think I was going to go to college because softball, you kind of commit early. Like they go based on years and I was heading into my senior year and I was like, no one's going to want a 2018 anymore. But um, I was in Colorado when Coach Amicone came to watch one of my games. And yeah, she just fell in love with me. And and I actually never heard of Weaver State yet at the time. So yeah, my, my club coach brought me Coach Amicone's card and then I got to email her back and forth. And she was like, we want you to come out for a camp. We'd love to have you on campus. And I was like, although that sounds great. Like, of course, you know, I'll go. And then I ended up taking a visit, loved it, got offered. And then history, yeah, this is just, I'm here now. <laughs> and my question I always ask is, what are you majoring in? What do you plan to do next? Um, I'm majoring in criminal justice. Awesome. Yeah, I want to... Uh, be a police officer. With this Very time. great. Yeah, that's well, awesome. Um, so obviously, you're you're a lifelong Wildcat. You know, you've been been here since 2019. You're one of the leaders on the team. Everything like that. Um, and you guys just barely secured the um, you know season title. Everything like that. Um, and obviously, that was something that you guys did last year. Um, things didn't go quite as planned in the postseason. Is that something that's kind of a, a motivating factor this year and something that you've kind of noticed the difference between how you've celebrated the season title this year as well as last year um, and maybe what it, what it means to you now? Yeah, um, we definitely have a chip on our shoulder this year. Um, we have such a good conference record, but I don't think – right now we're just trying to focus like conference really doesn't mean anything. We're just thinking about the tournament – we're trying to do everything we can in the tournament. And, you know, we still have that pain from last year losing um, in the tournament. So and on our home field. So it's kind of it's kind of just we have something to prove this year and we're going to make it count as much as we can. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah, I, um, we've talked a lot about that this year, um, about how this is kind of the redeem team, right? That um, yeah. obviously things didn't go the way the Wildcats had hoped last year, um, losing to Portland state in the first round and then losing again to Sac state the next day. Um, but, um, but I wanted to, we, we talked a little bit about, uh, this, your kind of journey to Weber state. And, you know, when, when, it, when we talk about winning, you were part of that 2019 team, um, which is, I think really a high watermark for the program. Um, you all were able to accomplish not only, you know, a lot of really, really quality out of conference wins, but also winning in the tournament. The first time a big sky team had ever done that after mm -hmm. winning not only the regular season championship, but also the, the tournament championship as well. And uh, the thing that I liked about, about that 2019 season, of course you were a part of that, but defensively you were absolutely phenomenal that year. <laughs> you, you had a perfect fielding percentage with 26 putouts that year. 2020 uh, had a nine, seven, nine percentage with just one error in that short 2020 season. And so I kind of, Brooke, I was kind of hoping that you could talk to us a little bit about how you became such a good defender. If it was always something that you had done when you were in club and in prep and it kind of just bled in, or if it was something that you really worked on when you got to Weber State. Um, 
talk to us a little bit about becoming the defensive player that you are, because I think it's uh, it's stellar. And um, I think that folks maybe don't realize because, you know, those two seasons were so long ago. But looking at the numbers, it's like, no, they, that was that was a special year. Um, thankfully, I was so blessed to uh, grow up with two older sisters that played softball. And um, one of them did play college softball at UCLA. So I got to grow up around this high standard already with um, softball. So that really just helped me even more. And then I had, I grew up in club teams that perfected defense, like more, more disciplined on the field, you know, running conditioning was a huge part of making me more disciplined defensively. You know, if I made an error, our head coach would just send us down to the pole. So we had to run. But yeah, I grew up with it. You know, I kept working on it day in, day out, every day. Um, Thankfully, my dad's a coach, too. So he helped a lot with it. But yeah, just growing up with it helped a lot. I started at a young age around, I would say, eight or nine, picking up a ball, throwing the ball every single day doing ladders every single day, you know, anything I can to move my body around at at a young age. And um, yeah, get the feel of softball, like the game and how it's played and what can I do to keep growing uh, better in the game at a young age. Jessica Simon, more questions for uh, Brooke Moai. Oh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Simon. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, this is, this is one of my favorite questions to ask um, people in the softball team. And I've asked it a couple times and nobody's given me like a clear answer yet um, because it is a hard question. But the only reason I would ask this one is because of how well you guys have done this season um, and all the accomplishments, Texas A&M, 13-1 record, everything like that. And so I always ask the seniors, um, comparing the two teams, 2019 to 2020. To which one are you kind of, which one are you kind of going towards as far as maybe skill wise, and um, you know just maybe flow of the team, team energy, everything like that. Which one do you kind of lean more towards? Is that is that not something we can answer yet until we get into the NCAA tournament? Or uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, I see what they're saying now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna, I'm going to say the 2022 team. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Is it something that's kind of just like team energy or uh, just yeah. a team team feel to it? Yeah, I I don't know. It's just I feel like this is the one of the best teams I've been on all four years here. Definitely, yeah, yeah. the best team according to you, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Nice. No, yeah. Well, well, and that's saying something, right? Because like we said, Brooke was on that 2019 team, the high watermark, not just for the school, but for the conference as well to accomplish what they did. Um, and now saying like, no, like guys, I'm telling we've watched this team all season. Uh, that, that out of conference schedule was absolutely grueling and tough. I mean, I think everybody on this panel can agree that that was probably the toughest out of conference schedule we have seen for a Wildcat squad. And to come out the way that they did, sweeping the likes of UNLV, you know, going toe-to-toe with San Diego State. I mean, San Diego State and Utah State, the only Mountain West teams that this Wildcat squad lost to because Utah State has devil magic, which pisses me off. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If you're, if you're, if you're 
if you're a fan of any baseball team that has to play against the St. Louis Cardinals, you know about Devil Magic. Yeah, those guys, man. <laughs> they just uh but I mean this this team has just been absolutely phenomenal. And so Brooke, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um about you being uh the way that I put this in the notes was BMO is kind of the glue guy, the heart and soul of the team. And so that comes with it with sort of this natural leadership position, right? Folks look to you. You're a person who can connect with the, your teammates in, in, a, in a really unique and special way. And so I wanted to ask you if that's something that you've cultivated throughout your career at Weber State, or if it's something that you know has always been there for you, that you know, even though you were coming in as a freshman, you had some interesting experiences in Southern California playing you know, like with international squads and playing for really high caliber prep and um, club squads. And now here you are, a senior at Weber State in one of the best seasons in conference history. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you've grown into that role as being a leader and, you know, kind of the heart and soul of this Wildcat squad. Um, I just, I don't know. I grew up being that loud and funny person, I guess. And uh, my freshman year, was the hardest year of my life. I, I don't know. I was homesick. I, I like lost a lot of my family members, you know, that passed away. And I don't know. I, I feel like those loss that I had my freshman year, it kind of made me an even more grateful and grateful person to be at like a D one, um, a division one, like, to play a division one, I, I don't know. It's just the, our coaches say it best, but there's only 2% in this world that athletes get to do this only 2% that they that get to play division one college. I think that's something special. And that's really what I remind myself every single day that I'm the 2% that get to do this every single day. And I don't want to take that ever for granted. Literally I have like two weeks left maybe even that and I'm just trying to like make it count as much as I can I love putting on I love putting smiles on people's faces you know and yeah I just want to be remembered and be proud of myself that I have no regret and that I played a good role whether I'm on the field or off the field for any team I'm with Wise words from a seasoned veteran. And I just have. Go ahead, Jessica. I was just going to say, I I just have one last question for you. I mean, it seems awesome that um, you're the one who ties this team together. It's going to be super fun um, to see. This is the weekend I think we've all been waiting for when we go to Portland because um, they're the defending champions um, from the tournament. Um, And we really, last year, all felt we should have been the one that hoisted up that conference tournament trophy. So what should fans watch for and be prepared for um, this weekend? Oof. Um, I think this weekend everyone should be looking, looking out for our offense. I think this weekend Liv, Olivia Gray, she kind of beat us a little last year, but this year we've really worked on our offense um, zoning down, looking for balls in and out, just putting a good swing on the pitch. But this weekend, I hope everyone's looking for our offense because it's going to come alive. 
I hope so, because I think that for me, and we will talk about this in the next segment, um, that's the biggest question mark. Olivia Gray has shut out some very good teams, and she has pitched yeah. some absolute gems this season. Um, until last weekend, I mean, she got shelled on Saturday by Idaho State, but up until that point, you know, she led the conference in ERA. Um, she's, if you look at her numbers, they're just absolutely stunning. Uh, she's been really good, and so that to me, that's the biggest question mark going in. But uh, good to hear that from from you all that uh, this is something that they've that you all have worked on, and that you too have been kind of looking forward to this and an opportunity to to see her again and see what you can do against a, a quality pitcher of her caliber because she's a good one. Yeah. Um... We're just really trying to focus, like seeing the ball and hitting the ball, not trying to do too much with it, because when we're trying to do too much, we get a little in our heads, especially if we swing and miss. We get, you know, like, oh, she's doing this. She's doing this. No, I think we just need to stay within ourselves a little and just trust all the work we've put in all year. You know, we were beating teams that were during we were beating teams preseason that were phenomenal. And, mm. you know, I think this Portland State is like no other team, too. They're just, they have a pitcher. They put their cleats on the same way we do. And, yeah, we're just not trying to do too much. Just go out and focus on what we've been doing all year long is just staying within ourselves and staying together. Great. Simon or Jessica, any uh, parting questions for BMO, Brooke Moyai, before we let her go? I'm trying to do they let you do they let you, like, keep some jerseys like after you graduate and everything? Like, I'm just curious. They, they got to gift you some things, right? Yeah, yeah. They gave us a framed jersey within hey. a nice picture of us hitting or catching, whatever. Okay, cool. Yeah, no. I've always wanted to know. Like, I'm like, what are the departing gifts? I got to I gotta see. Yeah, this. yeah it's uh, nice and flowers, too. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just My last Get yeah, ahead. just one last question. What is your favorite moment um, in your softball experience over these last few years? Uh, I would honestly have to say this last Saturday mm. when we walked it off and Faith. So before that, Faith hit the ball into her knee. Yeah. And it was very painful and she took a minute and she actually told me she's I didn't realize I had two strikes after she hit that ball and I'm like, but you did it. It's okay. But um, anyways, I knew she was going to do it. We all, we just needed to push one run and she did it, but that was, and it was on senior day. Oh my gosh. Just, I'm going to remember that forever. And we swept them. Overall, just a great memory I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Yeah. So many things happening right there. Right. Like, like you said, a run rule game to get the sweep to win the conference regular season championship and make yeah. sure that, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a gift that you all are giving the next year's team by saying, Hey, you get a host again next year. because of <laughs> right, right. Like it's a gift that you've given, you know, the future team. And, uh, and like you said, I mean, I'm a Brewers fan. I remember when Christian Yelich hit, uh, he hit a ball right off his kneecap and uh, he hasn't been the same since then. So for faith in <laughs> the box, and uh, saying, all right, you know, I'm going to just hit this little flare, you know, you know, get this bloop single off into the, and just past the defender and push one run to get the dub, the walk off. Mm-hmm. Like, what a moment for you all in the dugout. Must have just been incredible. Oh, yeah. It was exhilarating on senior day. Even the trophy, the senior day. Oh, it was just overall, everything was amazing. The fans were awesome. Our families got to see that and share that with us. 
just thinking about it now, it's just wow. It's a good memory to have. Good well, I love it. Yeah, and I love it so much and wish you the best this weekend in Portland. I sure wish you were at home, but I know y'all will do awesome there and look forward to seeing you again at home next week. Thank you. I uh, want to thank um, Brooke Moyai so much for taking some time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Like Jessica said, we want to wish you guys the best of luck as you take the trip up to Portland. Um, it's a uh, it's a weird. I was looking through some of the notes and it's a uh, things are a little bit um, in Portland State's favor overall in the series, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, Olivia Gray's a great pitcher, but uh, the Wildcats, like you said, have really shown that they they have the potent the most potent offense in the in the conference. We'll see what they can do against uh, a great matchup. So. BMO, Brooke Moyai, thank you. Thank you so much. Wish you all the best of luck. And uh, we'll see you back in Ogden uh, in about a week. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, you guys are awesome. Yeah, we'll see you. Thank you. Bye. Man, wonderful. Guys, I'm so grateful that uh, that BMO took, took a little bit of time to come on here and chat with us. Um, it's always grateful. I mean, this whole season has been so much fun to interview some of these these players and really take the time to to get to know them, hear some of their stories and, uh, and watch them succeed. And I feel like, I mean, it feels like every single time that we've had a player on, we've got to learn a little bit more about them. And um, so it's, a, it's kind of what the show is all about. So I want to thank, thank them again and thank the WSU softball staff for organizing these interviews for us, getting them, get them all, all organized and set up. Really appreciate them. So let's uh, let's move on. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, last weekend, right? Because you know we kind of ended the the interview right there, talking about last weekend and how big it was for the Wildcats to get not only a sweep, but also to win the regular season conference tournament before having to set foot in Portland at all. It, like the number one seed is secured, you know, like or at least to share the title. They've already they've already got it. Um, and so yeah, the Wildcats will. Once again, again, be taking on the number two team like they did last weekend. But before we get there, let's let's talk about that number two team from last weekend. We talked a lot on the show about how the Hornets had a really potent offense. There is a lot of pop in that lineup. But man, this this Wildcat pitching staff really showed out. I mean, the way I have it in the notes is the Hornets offense was basically neutered by the Wildcat pitching staff. They scored just four runs and they all came in a single inning against uh, Arissa Henderson. It was like, I think it was like the fifth of the first game. And then uh, they didn't score again the rest of the weekend. They didn't score again in the second game. They didn't score in the third game. They ended up getting swept. They got run ruled. Uh, like we just talked about with, with BMO about how, you know, they, they, they put up eight and that was all they needed. So I don't know guys, like what, uh, what are you thinking? Like, uh, did you, did you expect the wildcat pitching staff to, I mean, I think that we had hoped that they would be this good, but it felt like they kind of exceeded expectations the way that they held such a potent offense down. I, I think I'd be wrong in saying that I expected this because I did not expect that. Right. Um, but I, I mean, I, I probably should have. I mean, like, who better to... I think I said last week that the number one thing they had to do was not slip up on pitching because if you slip up, that team is going to hit it over the fence. Um, mm -hmm. We're kind of talking about that. One of the best... Home run hitting, it's the best home run hitting team in in uh, the conference right now. And who better to pitch against them than Mo Ramirez, you know, 16 strikeout Ramirez right there. Like, I'm like, phenomenal pitcher to go up against and, you know, try to, you know, 
try to go up against Mo Ramirez and try to hit something over the fence. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think that was super helpful. Was just that that ability to really pitch these, you know, pitch these mistake free games almost. And um, I think that helps out a lot. All right, Jessica, what about you? This pitching staff, like 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 uh, Simon was just saying there, Mariah Ramirez in the second game, um, shut him out. Absolutely phenomenal. When when she is on, you know, Mo is not, she's not necessarily like a power pitcher. She she's very much a finesse pitcher. When she's hitting her spots, she is really difficult. And that's exactly what she was doing in that second game. She was hitting her spots and they were, you know, just dropping like flies. K's everywhere. Yeah, I think I just going along with what Simon said, I I and we've said a few times this season when our pitching game's on point, I think it helps carry us through because we've got some really stellar hitters. I think it helped to be at home. I think it helped to have the energy of the weekend and she Brooke wouldn't kidding, like the crowd there Saturday was awesome. I do think there's also something to what you had mentioned pre-show, like there's also something to prove with how loud their dugout is. I tell you what, it's like, okay, don't come in our house and act that way. Um, so I think that that like created a lot more competitive injury or energy, like not in our house, y'all. So I think that all of that coming together and then just like we tend to do throughout the season when we start doing well, we, you know, continue to do well. That first game scared me a little bit because sure. I left right before the inning where they scored four points and I looked down at live stats and I was like, what happened? Because like it didn't look like we would ever get to that point. So it was good to see us close out and just a heck of a weekend overall. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Um, if I, I was watching the game on ESPN Plus, but you could hear the Sac State dugout in, that, in, that, in those first two games. Very loud, you know, constantly like there's lots of noise all the time. Like, okay, not so loud on, on, the, on the third day. I noticed I felt like, you know, losing to the previous day maybe took a little bit of wind out of their sails. Yeah, because it seemed like, you know, they were, they were ready. They, they felt like they were going to take a shot at, uh, you know, at, at the, the best team in the conference. You know, the mm-hmm. Wildcats were in, were in first place going into that weekend. Sac State was number two. They were looking to make some ground on the Wildcats, especially knowing that the Wildcats would be taking the trip to Portland the following week, hitting the road and having to face Olivia Gray, which we'll talk about in a bit. But um, wow, I mean, I was really surprised at uh, at the way that the Wildcats handled um, Marissa Bertuccio because Bertuccio um, did not pitch. I don't, I don't think she pitched more than four in either game that she pitched. I think it was, I think she was, maybe three in the first game and might've been maybe four in the second game on Saturday. Like she did not, um, I mean, going into that game, she was maybe number three in the conference in ERA, but the Wildcats just, I don't know. It feels like they just seemed to find a way to hit the ball on her. And uh, she was chased early and they actually ended up in the second game. They brought in Lexi Webb. Now I can't remember who the, uh, the reliever was in the first game that she pitched, but she actually did a decent job up to, like we talked about, that sixth when it was like, oh, okay, Wildcats put up two more runs um, to go up 7-4, seven to seven, four, and that would be the final score. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about that final game because final game clinches the Big Sky regular season title. It's a run rule. It is the third run rule game in the last five for the Wildcats. It feels like the offense is rolling in the way that, you know, Brooke just talked about with us how they really worked on that offense. Talk to me about how you're feeling about the offense, of course, going into this weekend with a tough pitching matchup, but then also next weekend facing 
who knows who the Wildcats will get in the first in the first round and your confidence in the bats because that was the problem last year. I think that I think that was an extremely strong statement up against uh, Sac State just run rolling in that last game. Um, it is one of those things where obviously when when the Wildcats have an opportunity to clinch, you know, we, we call them the no quit cats and everything. If they have the opportunity to clinch or do anything like that, they're going to do it. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I think one thing is you look at this offense and what they did to Marissa Bertuccio, who's still number three in the conference with ERA, but actually Mariah Ramirez is number four now, which is kind of cool. Um, She's number three in the conference with the ERA. And you have Lexi Webb, who's also in the top 10. And they just flat out were scoring over six on all of them. Um, and, I mean, you, you look at Olivia Gray, and phenomenal pitcher, obviously. Um, but I do not want to be Olivia Gray right now. Um, that is a tough team to pitch against. And they just proved it as well as any team could have. So, Yeah. And just to build on that, like we're going against Portland State. They do have the number one ranked hitter in the conference right now. But then when you look at the stats, then we have five ranked higher than their second best hitter at 20th. So when we look at the overall package, like, yeah, they're pulling in some real good offensive and defensive players. But we're talking the top. And then there's a pretty big gap, whereas we might not be, although I think pitching, we are top now, right? Arissa moved into number one. Yeah. So I I just think we're not building an individual, we're building a team. And that's what makes us unique in Mary Kay Amicone's approach so special, right? I think this is our sixth consecutive um, title, like, because we build a team and we focus on continuing to build a team. Yeah. so, like we said, the Wildcats ended up uh, run-rolling the Hornets in the third game. Um, they, they get to hoist the trophy on senior day, the way we talked about with Brooke, which was a huge moment for that you know, senior class of Arissa Henderson, Brooke Moyai, Abby Sagert, and Chloe Camarero. Each of them will be graduating. Uh, so this will be their final, final seasons in a Wildcat uniform. But um, So a, a great moment, but uh, the work's not done. Um, now looking forward to... The series that we've had scheduled, uh, circled on our schedules for all year, right? We've talked about this several times, about how this Portland State matchup was going to be big, that it was going to be interesting, that it would have interesting implications. And I think that it still does, even though the Wildcats have locked up the regular season title. Um, Portland State, uh, they're looking for something. They're going to be hungry, right? Because... They want to hold on to that number two spot. And uh, so I kind of looked at some of the numbers on kind of what this, what this matchup could bring now having finally come to it and looked at their, their performances. Offensively, the Vikings are not a great team. You know, I think that their, their strategy seems to be run prevention and score just enough runs to get through it. But they're like, they're ranked number sixth in a seven-team league in, in offense this year. Uh, but they make up for it, like I said, with stellar defense. They've got the third best defense in the league, and they've got uh, a great pitcher in Olivia Gray, who they pitch often. To to she, it feels like she's a a big swing and miss um, pitcher. Like looking at her K's, her strikeouts are impressive. So I wanted to ask you guys, which do you think is going to be the bigger factor here this weekend? Will the defense be able to contain this Wildcat offense? Or and hold on, or will the offense not be able to keep up with 
the Wildcat offense in spite of the great defense that the Vikings do play? I think that's one thing to look at is um, just like Vikings obviously have a great defense, but you know, Wildcats also have a nearly perfect defense. You know, you look at some of these um, errors and some of these, you know, fielding percentages and they're just over 90% on almost every player. Um, and that's, that's one thing to look at is this is a matchup between two really great defenses. Uh, the one thing that I'm kind of nervous about is what coach Andy Cohn is going to do against um, this team and kind of maybe I've kind of seen it as, um, you know, you look at the first part of the Super Bowl, right? Um, and uh, first part is never as good as the second half, right? Because the coaches then start to figure out what the other coach is doing and uh, they're just playing careful a little bit. And so one of the things that is interesting to me is I don't think, I think Coach Amicon might hold back some parts of the offense a little bit more this weekend than she's going to do in the playoffs just to see if she can figure out something. So I think that's one of the things with Portland state is um, they really have to look at um, this offense as some, as an offense that's trying something new, because that's what I believe they'll do. Um, and I think it'll be hard for them to figure out what Weber state is doing offensively. Jessica, your thoughts, which do you think kind of is going to be a bigger factor that Portland state defense or that wildcat offense? I, I think it's going to be close. So I'm going in confident. I'll say it, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again in a minute. I think we'll come out with a series win. Um, I like Simon's strategy that he's saying that we might play it safe for a minute to try to pull out some strategy. But when we look at fielding percentage, we're both ranked nationally, right? Mm -hmm. um, far, farther down, I think we're 40 and uh, Portland State might be 50, but we're right there together. Like Simon's saying, we're both at 97 something. Um, so we're really good teams. So whenever I think about what this looks like, um, we it could be a really low scoring game after we've come out of some rather high scores here. I was trying to go back and look at Idaho State to see just how much Olivia Gray pitched, how many innings, because I think that's going to be... Okay. okay. 11 earned runs, though. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Her worst performance of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see, do we see come back Olivia or is she tired? Right. Cause she has carried the team a heck of a lot of games. So it's just, are, are we getting near the end and we're tired? So I think that there's a lot of factors that come into play. Um, and I, I think that we still go in and we play for real because we got something to prove after last year. Um, and, and I think it, it'll be good, but I would bet low scoring games is what I'm thinking. Unless we hit it out of the park, right? Because that's where it, <laughs> they can't prevent it at that point. Sure. Um, yeah, because um, I'm with you. Uh, like the, what I have in here in the notes is the biggest question mark is going to be the play of Olivia Gray. Do we see her bounce back after her easily her worst outing this season? Eleven earned runs. Like that is the reason that Arissa Henderson is now the ERA leader in the conference is because of that eleven run outing. And I think it's interesting too because they just rode with it. They just said, "No, we're gonna we're gonna keep going," and it doesn't matter. So. Gray pitched six innings, 10 hits, 12 runs, 11 earned, six walks, six strikeouts. They had no intention of pulling her. They, they just said, we're going to ride it. And so that kind of gives us a, a, a glimpse of what Portland State might or might not do. Um, because like, I fully expect 
that the Wildcats are probably going to run into this Portland State team at some point. I don't know what the bracket looks like quite yet, um, but I wouldn't be surprised for the Wildcats to run into one of Portland State or Sac State at some point in the tournament, right? Um, so Olivia Gray is kind of the big question mark here. I mean, she's pitched in some big games earlier in the season, but like we said, she got shelled on Saturday. And so, and I think that the Wildcats will see her twice. I think they will see her in that first game on Friday. They will see her again on Saturday. So there will be two opportunities to face her, which, like you said, Simon, can be good because that's two more opportunities to figure out how are we going to pitch when the stakes are low or how are we going to deal with this pitcher when the stakes are low because we've already got the number one seed. It's, it's house money. And so I kind of wanted to see like which, which direction you felt that the, the coaching staff would probably lean. Are they going to try and experiment? Are they going to try and do some stuff? Or are they going to say, you know what? Nope, we're gonna we're just gonna try and shell her. As I don't know, like what do you, what do you do if you're Coach Mary Kay Amicon? That's one of those things that um, I remember when I was watching the um, when I was over in Idaho doing the women's basketball um, coverage for the Big Sky, and it, it was a heartbreaking uh, press conference to do. Um, but I had to. Uh, ask uh, Coach Trisha Benford a question um, after they beat Weaver State because Darren hit, I'm sorry, um, it was, yeah, uh, Darian White had had this phenomenal game. And I said, how important is it for big players to come up in big moments? And she quoted uh, Danny Sprinkle, the men's coach, who said basically that um, the regular season is the coach's part of the season. And the playoffs are the players part of the season. <laughs> and so that's one of the things that I think is, is going to be really telling is if they do try to experiment with Olivia Gray, um, just because that is, this is her part of the season. Now, you know, Portland state is going to rely on her in these big moments because she is without a doubt, their big time player. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's one of those things. I, I really do think that, you know, we're going to see this little bit of a coach's battle between um, Mary Kay Amicone and, um, McWarther. I did I spell that say that right, McWarder? I think so. Um, but yeah, I uh that's what I'm excited for is just to kind of see what what that strategy is to just try to limit that player ability in the playoffs. Um last thing before we move on here. Um Jessica, you noted that the Vikings also have the best hitter in the conference in Logan Rickenbach. Um, she is, her numbers, I, I was looking at them. You know, she's got the best batting average in the conference. I think she's hitting 396. Um, but uh, if you look at her numbers, they're really similar to Chloe Camarero's. Very close in nearly every statistical category, except for home runs. Chloe's got her beat by like four, four extra home runs, right? And a lot of that is due to the early success that Chloe had in, in out-of-conference play, right? Where she was just hitting bombs like crazy. And so, but like you also noted, Jessica, there is a big gap between Logan Rickenbach at number one and their next closest hitter at 20. And so I kind of wanted to ask you guys, like, do, how, do you see, how do you see that? Do you see it as imbalance in the lineup in that, like, you've got one really dangerous hitter and then you've got a lot of really pedestrian hitters? Like, how do you, how do you see that? And if you're strategizing, like, how do you, how do you deal with one really potent hitter and then a bunch of folks who maybe aren't, does it, does it make you complacent? I don't know. How do you approach a, a lineup like that? Well, how I would approach it, and clearly, <laughs> I'm going to guess Mary Kay Amicone won't do this because she has sense, is Logan's been prepping 
for Arisa to come out first. Throw in Mandy first game, right? Like, let's oh. play with this a little bit. We've got three solid pitchers. I'm not worried about our pitching game. Logan could have a killer game, but we, you know, I I don't have a whole lot of faith in a whole lot of other people getting on base. I we might, but I'm I'm not worried about our pitching versus their hitting game. I I think if we do end up losing games, it's on the other side with just them their defense holding back our offense. But I I'd go fun with it because I think that they're prepping for a certain thing and I have enough faith in our pitching staff that I think we could throw anybody in game one and do just fine. Yeah, it's a good point. Mandy Sink has not pitched in, a, in a, at least a week, maybe two. I'd have to go back mm-hmm. and check her last appearance. But yeah, it's been a while. Actually, her last appearance, well, did she it's pitch the in the Utah, Utah game? game? Yeah, yeah, I think she pitched in the Utah game. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a little while. So mm-hmm. I, I what you're saying, Jessica, it's like, listen, we've got a great staff. Um, there and and we've seen that Coach Amicone is willing to like when she put Brooke Hatfield out there for in the Utah game to give her some experience against a very good you know a, a tournament quality opponent and say listen this is what this is this is the big time this is what it's like uh, and so uh, I wouldn't I guess I wouldn't be surprised to see Coach Amicone doing the same this weekend but Simon what's your take on this Portland State offense Yeah I think this 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 offense is a little bit different just because. You know, we look at Emily Johansson as number 20, but at the same time, it's still a three a 313 batting average. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, still a great average, batting average. And Olivia Dean as well, 293. Um, I, do, I do see Portland State as kind of an imbalanced team, and that's what scares me so much about them um, is because you can take some of these teams on any given night, and they will um, – They'll rattle a cage. Um, you have Olivia Gray right there, and you have these hitters who can at least, you know, kind of do something. Um, and if we look at like, if you look at like, you know, slugging percentage and everything like that, they're not an extremely powerful team, so that is helpful in doing that. Um, not, not really on home runs as well. Um, so that is, that is a little bit of a comfort, um, but it is still one of those teams that is they're very scrappy. Um, they are very scrappy. And the fact that they're number two in the conference proves that they can be pretty scrappy and pretty, pretty good on a consistent basis. So that's the yeah. thing that scares me about it is we do see this imbalance in the lineup, but at the same time, especially come playoff time, big players show up in big moments. That's kind of one of those things. So always good to look out for. Yeah. And it, and it kind of depends, right? Like no Sac State games, the way that Sac State had their success in the fifth against Arissa Henderson in that first game to score four runs was these weird, I called them janky hits were like they were getting these hits that were uh, just over the defender into them, you know, and into the outfield just a little bit, just past the dirt, you know, and it was just like, ah, what is, what are these hits, dude? Like these hits are so janky. Like, what is this? And so sometimes you could just get unlucky, you know, it's an unlucky roll. And next thing you know, you're only up one run after you've spent the last five, in, you know, four innings building up a, a, a lead. And so anything can happen. Well, uh, we'll all look forward to this upcoming matchup. Like I said, we've had it circled on the, on the calendar for a while. Um, really looking forward to kind of see how the Wildcats come out and, uh, and kind of how they will deal with Olivia Gray. Because like I said, I do believe they will see her again at some point in the conference tournament. So now, folks, let's, uh, let's run to our game. Uh, we'll just do a couple of these real quick because we're running short on time. We're playing over-under. Uh, I've got some statistics here for our panel. See if they're interested in uh, taking the over or taking the under on some of these. See if they're in a betting mood, in a risky mood. 
So uh, let's start with the first one. The Wildcats are averaging 6.2 runs a game right now. Now we talked about the the effect that Olivia Gray can have on runs scored. Um, I don't know, guys. You taking the over or the under on 6.2 runs per game this weekend against the Vikings? <laughs> no, we say he's serious. He he's serious. I think I think we're over 6.2. Over. He's taking the over. Look, I actually, at, look at Jessica's eyes. <laughs> I think we might be. Uh, that's a that's a crazy thing, but like after what we did, I mean, like we've had a we've had a couple ten point games, like a lot of them. I'm kind of I haven't worked out the math yet, so I could be I could be wrong on that one. And yeah, but mm. okay, Simon taking the over. Jessica, looking at your eyebrows, maybe not so confident. <laughs> I recognize that I might have yelled at Simon in previous podcasts that we're a team and we go together. Um, I, I'm going to go under. Um, I, I still think we win the series. I'm going under. I think I'm with Jessica on this one. I think it's under, but I think it's enough. Um, I, I like seeing what I saw this weekend against Sexton. It really feels like this Wildcat squad does a great job of answering the bell when they get called. Uh, they they show up in big moments, and I think they'll do that. So here's here's my justification because I I think I need to clarify. I said that this is going to be a pitcher's battle against Sac State, and that clearly was not the case because they blow them out of the water. So I'm not I'm not capping this Wildcats team anymore. I said they'd have two more run rules this season, and then all of a sudden they get a third right Man. there. I can't do it anymore. So yeah. Well, and I'm with you because I also think Olivia Gray's not pitching all three games, right? So depending on what that second game looks like, it might bring that overall weekend average. I'm still going under, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, So let's talk a little bit about wins, right? Um, It's a three-game series, and so I'm putting the over-under at 2.5. Wildcats win 2.5 games this weekend. You taking the over or the under? I'm going under. I'm giving them a game. I think if we throw them off and we do something crazy and mix it up a little bit in that first game, we could throw them off and win three. Um, I, I think if we play like they expect us to play, we get two. Okay. So Simon, what about you? They've just done so many things to me lately. <laughs> like I can't, I can't bet against them. That's the is the optimist. Look at this. I know. I mean, look at this. What is going on here? Optimism. They've proven it to me. I, uh, I'm going to go under for right now. Um, but You're not I, I, that under. under that's for right now. Like it's going to change in the future. I don't feel comfortable saying it. Let's just say that much. I just don't feel comfortable <laughs> saying it. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see which on. I have a couple, a couple left here. Let's oh, wait. This last on. You have to tell us what you pick, Colby. I'm going to take the under because I think okay. that Coach Amicone is going to do some tinkering. I think we're going to see some folks get some playing time. I think the Wildcats probably win that second game where they don't have to face Olivia Gray. I think that, there's a good chance of that. Uh, but I do think that they probably get one from her. So I think probably two is where I'm at. Um, okay. But we will see. Um, I thought that winning two was would be absolutely phenomenal against Sac State, and they got all three. Mm-hmm. Just blown away. So we'll see what happens. Um, final one. I had a question about Arissa Henderson. She's averaging she's averaging 1.025 strikeouts per inning. Actually, I'm going to go here. Weaver's averaging 8.16 hits per game. Taking the over or the under on the 8.16 hits per game this weekend. 
Yeah, we got this. I'm going over. Eight hits. She's taking the over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Above 8.1. What did I say? 8.16 hits. Simon, what I about mean, you? I think there's only one, like, you know, only going against Olivia Gray that I don't think we get that, but I think we get that on the other games. And I think I think we have games where we where we really bring up that average a bit. So yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go over as well. I'm not sure exactly how it works out with 8.16 hits and me going under on 6.2 runs, but it works out. I feel confident. Yeah, you know, it all comes out in the wash, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think I'm with you guys. I think I'll actually, I think I might take the the, eight. I don't know. Now now I'm second guessing because that second game is screwing me up. I'm going to take the under. I think think under 8.16 hits, but. Wildcats get it done. I think, you know, that that's going to have to mean bombs away. I'm just writing this down now so I can call y'all on it next Fair week. Fair enough. Hey, so you know. totally. Countability <laughs> is our friend. Um, by the way, guys, I, I noticed looking at the stats, Mikel Houston tied with Chloe Camarero for bombs. Ten. Uh, Incredible. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's look at the upcoming schedule. It's short. Port- Portland State this weekend. Friday, May 6th uh, at Portland State, 2 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. Uh, that'll be on ESPN Plus, and then later the second game for 30 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, also on ESPN Plus. Then Saturday, the last game of the season, Saturday, May 7th, at Portland State, 1 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. It'll be on ESPN Plus, and the Wildcats get to come home. And the conference tournament will start on in earnest on Wednesday, May 11th. That will be going from Wednesday, May 11th to Saturday, May 14th. And so uh, we will, I'm sure the bracket will take shape this weekend as other teams play and we'll kind of figure out who the Wildcats will face. They will be the number one seed uh, with just one conference loss. It makes it impossible for the Vikings to catch them. The Vikings currently 10 and five. So even though the Wildcats lost a game, well, they didn't lose a game, but they did not get to play a game, I guess I should say, against Montana because of the weather, um, ultimately does not end up hurting them uh, because they only lost one game. So good job to them. So we'll see what happens. But uh, that's the upcoming schedule. Um, wrap up the show. WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com. Email me, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I need to add TikTok to this. Patreon.com slash WeberStateWeekly. We want to thank our patrons for supporting us, helping us fund this operation, and uh, keeping us um, in mind in not only when you're listening to your podcast, but also with your pocketbooks. Thank you all so much. And the blog, WeberStateWeekly.com. Thank you to you all, Jessica, Simon, for hanging with me, uh, doing these softball shows. We'll probably have a couple more. We'll be wrapping up next weekend, going into the tournament, and then there will probably be a tournament recap, and then come what may. So at least two more shows, folks, just to kind of see what happens. But thank you to both of you for taking some time to hang with me, talk softball, wrap up the show like we usually do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats.